0: You know, it, it looked like there might have been something going on. Um, you know, he told Tommy. Uh, JD told Tommy that he was uh, he was all right. But um, you know, we we knew as as that at that went on, and, and ultimately when he got in the dugout is when we really knew that it was it was the right time. And um, you know, I think it was the it was the right decision um, to to get him out of there. I've, I'm not second guessing taking him out. That's for sure. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. We're gonna win,
2: twins. We're gonna score. We're gonna win, twins. What's
0: that baseball score? Yeah. Soar is, is, is definitely yeah. a word that I would use, too, after yesterday's game. Just right oh, there. I see what the you other, there. The, the other, other spelling. So, oh,
1: not the um, O-A-R-O-O-R-E. Yeah. Okay.
3: Go Huskies.
0: Hey, real quick. Okay, so Rocco Baldelli commenting on the Josh Donaldson uh, tweak. I don't know what you, what you want to call it. Strain. Um, they're calling it a hamstring, and we're going to get into all of this here in a second. But he said, as the bat went along, did he not? It looked to me like he pulled it running the bases. Did they know that his hamstring was sore while he was batting? I thought. Did th- he start the game with a bad hamstring? I
1: bet you, because uh, I I thought the same thing. I think so. he's talking about the at bats that came subsequently after Donaldson doubled. So I think he's talking about as the at bat. I think he's In-in. saying the at bat. So like oh, Polanco came other up, other came and he's up. standing out there. Kepler okay. came up, and as he stood there, and. <laughs> probably grabbed his leg a few times because of the oh, because of the said tweak my guess is they thought to themselves we really should probably take him out of this baseball game
0: man so well an exciting opening day just uh a, he- a heck of a day for the minnesota twins they get a day off here to hopefully stretch their hamstrings and regroup after blowing a three-run lead um we need a day off
3: oh, yeah. one second, Oh, yeah, Declan. I think yeah. I think that's Declan
0: fun. might have pulled something just yeah, pushing that gonna, button, pushing the rock football. That's, so oh, that's not yeah. going to help us though. Yeah,
1: that's not going to help us.
0: But you know what does guys. help us when our Minnesota sports teams bleep the bed like the Twins did yesterday. And really, like it would be difficult to script a more buzzkill opener where you lose <laughs> your best overall player in Josh Donaldson. Uh, and it, it's not like, oh, he just, it's, you know, he's been healthy for the most part in his career. Like, No, this is a guy with chronic issues with his legs and calves, and he's out for some undetermined amount of time. Your bullpen melts down. All right, let's go. Now on Mecky and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? Yeah! And gentlemen, the pie chart of blame, I think fittingly, is brought to you today. By our friends at Federated, who provide risk management resources for your business. If you're a business owner and you're looking for peace of mind and risk management, Federated Mutual Insurance Companies have been around for over a hundred years.
1: Do they insure baseball contracts? Because I'd like you know, there, I, there's a certain four-year, ninety-two million-dollar investment that I'd love to get my hands uh, on some of that some of that cash and have yeah. Federated. My friends at Federated pay it out.
0: You know, the good news is there's a full list on federatedinsurance.com of industries that Federated does work with and protect. And so, you know, maybe if you're Derek Falvey or Thad Levine, you might just want to go to federatedinsurance.com today. You could check out MyShield. MyShield is a new resource, the online client destination for risk management resources. Find out more about how Federated can protect your business and give you peace of mind at federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business To protect yours. The Rock
1: knows how you feel about pie. All
0: right. Everyone knows how this works. If you're new to the show, uh, this is mostly a a post-Vikings game segment. But we dust it off when the other teams bleep the bed. The pie chart of blame for yesterday's opening day debacle by the Twins. Judd, lead us off.
1: Because we treat baseball as football. Because there is no loss too minor for us to break down. Because there is no game... Once the regular season starts too unimportant for us to break down, I bring you a pie chart in six pieces. Six pieces of pie? Hell yes. Wow. I, I got a lot of blame to go six around here.
0: Wow, You, got, you got a sharp knife Yeah. Here.
1: I'll start it. Well, you know what? I am, Who's cutting the pie? Fam- I am famous for my big pieces of pie, or my small pieces <laughs> of pie, I should say, because my pies have a lot of pieces to them. All right. I'm going to start at the bottom here and work my way up. Um... I've got my pie chart here. I've got my scorecard from the game here. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. And I will start with two 5% chunks of pie. The first one I'm going to give to what might be at first an unlikely suspect, but he's really not, Miguel Sano. Oh. He had a hit in his first at bat in the third and then came up in the fifth, the sixth, and the eighth, and he struck out each time, including, including... With the bases loaded in the sixth. Two outs. He's at the plate. He has a chance. The Twins have three runs in. He has a chance to break this sucker wide open. Wide open. Miguel Sano. We're all saying, you know, show us something. And his first hit. Of the season, a little flare to right field. I really liked it. I thought it was on the right track. So I said, "Yeah, you know what? Show us some more." Now that the bases are loaded, a little
0: flare to right a field. Flare to right That's field. Like,
1: this is anth- this-, this-, this is, he went-, this is- he, went the- he went the other way. Peaks and zero. <laughs> so that is a five percent chunk of pie. My next five percent chunk of pie is going to go to. Uh, the the cheap f- ads the first guy n- <laughs> no the problem is they weren't cheap if they had told donaldson to buzz off they'd be in a lot better shape right now It's true 5% chunk of pie w- is going to go to tyler duffy who comes out of the bullpen it is a it is a very much 2021 uh situation in that high leverage guy comes out with uh with um one out in the fifth couple of guy or a guy on base The Twins need help here, and Tyler Duffy is in the game, a predicament in which, you know, 15 years ago, there's no way that you would put a reliever you trust as much as you trust Duffy now in, but you do it for this very reason, and he gives up what? Back-to-back hits, the Brewers score a run. The point being is you were looking for him to shut the Brewers down, and he really didn't come close. A two 10% chunks of pie. Andrelton Simmons... I sing your praises all spring about how your defense is going to be the answer to our prayers, how you are the anti-Polanco, about how you are the most sure-handed shortstop, gold glove. Phil uh, went through all the statistics and analytics for us on how different this guy is going to make our lives when we see how good he is with the glove, flashing the leather and Miguel Snow of all people starts what should have been a 363 or 361 double play by making a perfect throw, which is really tough to do from first to short. And Simmons, I don't care if the sun was in his eyes like they talked about. I don't care what the predicament was. He dropped the baseball. He drops the baseball, and the Brewers score a run in the fifth because of that. Yeah, nice work.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it is pretty, and obviously like this is one of 162, and yeah, over the course of time, I think you're going to find that Angelton Simmons is a generationally great shortstop. But it just sort of it was par for the course yesterday. <laughs> of course, of course, the greatest shortstop since Ozzie Smith defensively. And I'm and I would I would put him on the same level as probably Omar Vizquel, like yeah, which not is as much of a household name. Fantastic. And of course, he makes that yes. bobble at second base yesterday. Of
1: yes. Course. So he gets a ten percent chunk of my pie chart to blame. Uh, the next ten percent goes to our guy in the dugout, Rocco Baldelli, and it's really based off this. In the tenth, okay, you start with a guy on second. Uh, oh. N- Navarez gets a hit. And then instead of instead of walking Arcea to load the bases in that predicament mm-hmm. to set up a force out on the ground ball to second base, you don't. And so now it's a must-tag play at home plate. And what? Um, the ball is hit high in the air to second base. Polanco comes home. Garver tries to get the tag down. Does not. I'm very confused about why you wouldn't. Like, like this is, and I, I got this tweet from a fan uh, yesterday and it's exactly right. This is akin situationally to three on three OT in hockey. Like it's not a normal, like you start with a guy in second base. So like, you got to think outside the box as to if something starts to go wrong, what the approach is going to be. I'm a little bit confused there.
0: So I think, so yeah, there's a, there's going to be some interesting strategy discussions about the bottom half of these innings. The top half your goal is to score as many runs as possible, right? Correct. But the bottom half you've you've already sort of seen yes. you, the other team has served or you I guess you have served offensively and you've sort of seen how it goes. Yes. And so I would even and I don't know if the inning would have played out differently but I would even consider walking the first hitter. Yes. So that there's cuz cuz like that run doesn't matter uh-huh. if the winning run is on second. Right. And some of it depends on like, all right, Bingo. you know, the, what part of the lineup's coming up? Would you, would you rather fi- like if you walk the first batter? Does that mean Mike Trout is going to hit third in the inning? Like, you know, so there's certain things lineup wise. But have this to was not that. But yeah, no, I. You're I, right I hear here. You. You're I would right. think that you'd want, I would, I would think that you would want as many force out opportunities as possible yes. without like loading the bases with nobody out to put a ton of pressure on your pitcher to not. Throw a ball. Right? Agree completely. So there's gonna be a lot of a lot of dissection, I think, in, in that. Uh, the rock knows how
1: you feel Final about it. Final piece pie. of pie seventy percent. It goes yep. to the obvious yep. suspect. Alex Colome. What are you doing? Like beyond the meltdown on the mound itself, what are you doing when you get a ball hit back to you? You're up by you're up by, I believe, three at that point. Throw to first base and get the out. And now there's two outs. And, yeah, there's a guy on second. But you're up by multiple runs. Just throw to first base. And you get cute. And you make too high a throw to Polanco. Now, everybody is safe. Um, it just made no sense. Yeah. Like, it, it, it just made – it was fundamentally just absolutely a brain fart and stupid. But – he melted down, and I get that part. But he could have avoid. He could have saved himself all of those problems. And now you, you've got to face Yelich. Now you know all hell's going to break loose. So seventy percent goes to that move because that decision to throw cost them the baseball game.
0: Yeah. So there. You are. So give us the recap again. Judge oh, looks pie chart of blame.
1: Colome seventy percent. Baldelli ten percent. Andrelton Simmons. Welcome to town with that glove of yours, ten percent, uh, and then Duffy and Sano, five percent each. All
0: right, so I'm uh, I'm going to go with four evenly sliced pieces oh. of of pie here. Okay, okay just four. I'm just I, I like to keep it simple. Just 25 percent 25, 25. Uh, of the shadows. It's just it's very difficult to play shortstop <laughs> when shadows. I would say the the wind gets twenty five percent. The Twins would have had five more home runs if not. No, I'm just kidding. Um. All right, piece of pie number one. Josh Donaldson's eighty-year-old legs. Yep, I mean, if it's not calves, it's hamstrings. This dude literally spent the in- and I'm feel like I like this dude. Like he's a great player, and so I I want to be respectful of him as a talent and as a player, and I think as a leader too, in certain areas. But he's got eighty-year-old legs. You know, he spends the entire off season reworking his running motion and presumably finding more treatments for his calves and. I am not a medical expert, but sometimes when you sometimes when you put a ton of focus on one area, it can lead to problems in other areas. Or sometimes when you have weakness in one area, is it would it be kinesthetically? I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's a I think that's right. Kinesthetically, yeah. right?
3: Yeah, I want to St. Cloud. <laughs> yep, I think that's right.
0: Like when someone has an elbow problem and they start to compensate <laughs> mm-hmm. for yeah. the elbow problem, their shoulder goes out, right? And so I just wonder if he spent the entire off season. If if it is indeed a hamstring injury, which I'm not 100% sold on. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a calf and they're like, yeah, let's
2: uh,
0: let's not uh, get people to panic too aggressively. But what really, when, when your message is, <laughs> don't worry, it's just a hamstring injury for a guy who's in his mid-30s, uh, it's a problem. So Josh Donaldson's 80-year-old legs, 25% to just across-the-board atrocious defense, plays that should have been made. Uh, They were credited, I think, with two errors, but they were just plays that should have been made (laughs) all over the the dive-in. So, horrible defense. I think their defense is going to be a strength for them if if they keep Andrelton Simmons and Byron Buxton on the field. And, I mean, Josh Donaldson's going to be out for a while at this point. Piece of pie number three. I'm going to say the Twins' propensity to melt when the lights are the brightest. Ooh, I like it. And that can be playoffs. Opening day has not been super kind to this franchise over the years as well. I mean, I don't have the record in front of me, but it just seems like there's a lot of bad things that happen on opening day for the Twins. And this this might have taken the cake just in terms of the meltdown and Josh Donaldson going down. But it just kind of feels like when when more people are watching and staring, the Twins rarely rise to the moment. And I don't know if it's just coincidence it's multiple eras of gms and managers and players but yesterday it wasn't like the lights were super bright it was just brewers and twins <laughs>
1: yeah you're in milwaukee but, wisconsin i can't how bright can it but be it,
0: but it's the first game of the year it's a new tv network there's fans in the stands for the first time in a year and a half are you talking about Ballys? You melted down
1: Bally sports network is that what you're talking an, about an american family ballpark Let's talk about
0: let's talk about Bally's after our pie charts. Let's get our we'll get our initial reviews of Bally's. Okay, Miller, and then pie chart or or piece of pie number four. It's probably unfair to just like lump him in without lumping Mm. in other hitters who also failed. The Twins left a million runners on base yesterday, but Judd brought up Miguel Sano, and Miguel so Miguel Sano came up multiple times, a couple times with two outs, runners in scoring position or bases loaded, and he struck out three times in that game yesterday. And so the reason I'm putting Miguel Sano in this bin and sort of singling him out, it's a career achievement award piece of pie for Sano. Ceno. Miguel Sano's career batting average with the bases loaded is 159. 159 with, is his career with how many strikeouts batting average. Do you have that in front uh, of you? So he has come to the plate fifty times in his career with the bases loaded. Mm-hmm. And he has 21 strikeouts <laughs> in those 50 plate appearances. 42 percent strikeout rate in in uh, situations with the bases loaded. He has one grand slam. Yep. so he has the one grand slam.
3: That's good. JK, but that's he
0: is terrible. He's yes. one of the worst hitters in baseball with the bases loaded. Yes, there. I mean, it, it is. Roycey kind of alluded to it earlier. This I think it was on maybe Wednesday's edition of Rapping with Roycey. He said in those key moments, late in the game, two outs, you. There are very few hitters you'd rather see at the plate if you're an opposing team than Miguel Sano, and a lot of a lot of fans might be like, "What are you talking about? The guy can hit the ball 500 yeah. feet, not with the bases loaded." Yeah, <laughs> now he's done it once, so he is right for a bad at bat. Miguel Sano, mm-hmm. the Twins' propensity to melt when the lights are the brightest, horrible defense, and Josh Donaldson's 80-year-old legs. Declan? All
3: right. as a, The Rock
1: knows how you feel about
0: pie. A
3: gentleman, too. I'm a gentleman. I'll work, uh, start from the bottom, work my way up. Uh, my smallest piece of pie. I got four pieces of pie. Five percent goes to Major League Baseball. Not the sport of baseball. Not, not the idea of baseball. Major League Baseball. There is a league here where we have to have a pitcher bat. Still, we are in 2021, and you cannot have a designated hitter. We had it last year because it was fun and it was weird and it was a 60 game season. But oh well, no, we're not going back to it this year. We got to have pitchers hit. We got to have your best player on the bench if you're the Twins. Major I League know. Baseball.
0: I thought, I thought that, that that Woodruff at bat was totally absolutely the at bat for me, where he
1: bunted it? the guy to second was beautiful and resulted in runs. So both of you.
0: You know, I, I couldn't
3: imagine being a football team and, you know, you're in the AFC and you can't have a three wide receiver set because, uh, you know, the AFC only has two wide receiver set limits. You can't you know, you can't have enough fun in your lineup. So Major League Baseball, you get 5% of the blame just for your dumb rules. And I can't stand it. So 5%. Well, uh, Josh Donaldson actually gets blamed for me here. 10% of my blame goes to Josh for the injury, because then it just set off another catastrophic things of events. So you have Luisa Rice, who was in left. He now has to come in third. Jake Cave now has to enter the game and be in the lineup for the whole game. His injury is a string of problems that end up happening for the Twins. So actually, I do put blame on Josh Donaldson here. It's injury <laughs> wow. caused an issue that rippled throughout the course of the game. So Josh Donaldson does get 10% of my blame. Uh, Baldelli gets 15 percent because and maybe this is more of the bright lights and the prime time situations. So I kind of understood why you put all your firefighters out after Maeda. You went Duffy, then Stashek, then Taylor Rogers, Hansel Robles, who actually looked pretty damn good. I'll eat my own words. I texted you guys said I think this if this anyone's gonna blow it right here it's gonna be Robles. He looked awesome. He was firing bullets. Good for him. And then Colome. So now. Colome comes in, and I'll get into the blame there with him in a minute. But after that, you know Josh Hader hasn't pitched yet for the Brewers, so you know if you go to extra innings, you're probably going to lose this game. And in Josh Hader's case, eleven pitches, nine strikes, five swinging strikes, three strikeouts. You didn't stand a chance. I saw some tweets saying, "Well, it was their best contact hitters they could face. Like those are the best guys you could have up." It doesn't. It didn't matter, dude. It's Josh Hader. It's you don't you don't stand a chance against Josh Hader. Zero chance. So Baldelli gets 15% with just the management of the game. My final chunk of pie, 70% goes to Alex Colomay. Brother, you, 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 had,
1: <laughs> you had
3: a pinch hitter coming up to lead the game. Then you had the top of the lineup. There's a runner at first. All you have to do is throw that ball to first in the other hand. Because if you throw to second, Christian Yelich is coming up. So the, uh, one of the best players in the Major League Baseball. Worst case scenario, you take that out at first and Yelich comes up, hits a bomb. You still have a lead. You still have a one-run lead. And instead, you tried to get cute and turn a double play when you could have just got the second out of the inning right there by underhanding it to first, dude. So Alex Colome gets 70% of my blame, too, for not recognizing that you are facing the heart of the Brewer's order. So my four pieces of pie, 5% to Major League Baseball, 10% to Josh Donaldson, 15% to Rocco Deli, 70%. The Rock to Alex knows
0: Columet. how you feel about pie. Wow. Very Ther- That was therapeutic. It That was therapeutic. Are you West. guys so Judd has him at 96, I have him at yeah. 94, Declan had him at 90, what? 92 or uh, something. Yeah, I think 91, 92. 91? Yeah. Are you guys after the first game? After the first game, I, we have to stick to our predictions because that's how it works, but like if you could take a mulligan and re-predict, would you come off of your prediction <laughs> No, after one game?
1: It's after one, one no. One game?
0: No, no that's I'm so not. Good. I mean the Josh Donaldson thing. Now we all expected he would miss some time. Yeah. I don't think he's I don't think he plays in April
1: oh I agree point. completely no no he won't play in fact if, if I had to put five bucks down on this I I say he has next appearance is somewhere around like May 10th or something oh it, he's 35 <laughs> and it's a hamstring like I don't like let's just say that it has nothing to do with the calf okay nothing the calf is it's not involved which I find hard to believe but let's just say that. He's a thirty-five-year-old man with a hamstring problem. Then, okay. Like, when's the You're last time? When's the last time, Phil, that you said, you know, that makes me feel a lot better? It's only a hamstring,
0: dude. Dude, here's what doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so we, we you know, we watch we watch football on a regular basis and basketball and hockey, right? And let's take basketball and football because those are at least like it, with hockey. It's it's a, it's a different motion. mechanic. You have, you have yeah. knives on your feet for God's sakes, right? So it's just different, different motion basketball players, soccer players, football players are bursting sprinting for hours. It's just like boom boom boom, right? Every play up down. Mm-hmm. And like when's the last time you heard of a basketball player like pulling a hamstring? It it never happens. When's the last time a Wolves player like missed a month of a hamstring or a calf, right? So in these sports where you are running all the time, and maybe that's part of it, you're just you're running all the time and so your muscles are properly stretched in baseball, there's a lot of standing around and your muscles have a chance to cramp up, like this dude pulls something and is out for months every single year. Does he is it something that is unfixable? Are there not trainers or methods out there that he can tap into?
1: He's tried, dude. This is his fourth time now uh, 17, 18, 20. And now he has, we like to call it a chronic condition. Like we should just call it what it is. Something about his body and I'm sure his age is sabotaging him. Like these, these are the type of things that eventually get people to retire because you're right. Like if this was a really common thing, you, you'd say "Eh, that's bad luck, right? Like it's bad luck and he's having bad luck. This is clearly when we're talking about four times and when as, Dex has said before too, Phil, when we're talking about a guy who came out on Twitter last year and said that I've done this seven times in like a two-year period, that's chronic. That's a condition. Like he has a con- – like we need to accept the fact. And it- But this is also why when we all – and we're guilty of this, fan base is – this is why when we're always like, well, cheap poll ads, sign a free agent, sign – Josh Donaldson, they signed him. You can't now turn around and be like – Well, you should have known about this and done a better job. Like, this is what happens when you pay aging players big contracts.
0: Yep. It really is. And he was was one of the best players on the market. He's a former MVP. Clearly, when he's healthy, he's impactful. But, uh, hey, because we have to get to uh, Gerson Rosas and we have to get to Judd's first ever viewing of the Mighty Ducks inexplicably for Sports Movie Rewind. Your, yeah. qu- your guys' quick thoughts on the debut of Bally Sports North for Twins games yesterday.
1: I actually um, don't mind it because, well, one, it's a name change, and it's a brand change as far as, like, a graphics go and stuff, but it's not, like, a huge change of announcers and, and lots of things. Um, I don't love, but I don't mind the score box, which seems to be the most um, the most – talked about thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people
0: don't like that the the out of town scores are just taking up half yeah. of the Yeah, the crawl and and the they, whole time. and they, and that's going to be for there's going to be gambling that a odds bit. on that once. Oh yeah. It but makes that's
1: sense. that's what's coming next too. Like we have to brace our, ourselves for eventually here, like in-game prop bets and stuff are coming, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's what's coming. That, that that box is not there because this is how it's going to be now. That box is there because of what you just said like they are basically preparing for um log on now and bet on is is Miguel Sano going to strike out the answer is yes how much do you want to bet on that
0: yeah it's actually kind of genius i mean at some point you're going to be able to open the Bally's app or something like the Bally sports app if uh, maybe it already exists was, and there are you can was already handle that he was, i don't
3: think he was already complaining yesterday about both name changes in the ballpark it like na- so was subtly, It was subtle.
0: It was very I Minnesota. His, so I was. I, so I'm an idiot, and so I had the, the MLB <laughs> package, and I thought I only got access to the Brewers play-by-play well, play feed. So I spent the first like seven innings watching the Brewers commentary. On, you got it. And then I then I figured out, oh, you can just like you can choose which feed you want to watch. And so I I finally got you the can Bramer push Morno. For yeah. <laughs> So so was Bramer complaining about the name change?
3: Uh, he was just, it was very subtle with the way he went about it. He goes, well, you know, we got a lot working with us here. You know, there's a new ballpark. We got a new brand. I think we're doing a good job trying to mention it and not screw it up. And then I think even Mordo said, well, you did call What's
0: it. there to screw up?
3: Well, th- well, Mordo then goes, well, you did call it Miller Park an inning ago. Like he, he, he did kind of throw him under the
0: bus, which was pretty funny.
3: Um, I mean, I don't watch. This was my first time watching Valley Sports North. Um, I typically, for wild games, watch the opposing broadcast, like Phil, with using a game center, you could say. And so, I, I usually watch the opposing broadcast. I didn't mind it. It's 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 so nitpicky to just get upset over a lower third. Like for God's sakes, people, the game is on. That's all I care about is the game on. Are you are you really that upset that there's this portion of the screen devoted to AL West scores? Like, pick your battles. Pick your battles. I don't know. Dick's line Dick's do.
1: line was this. Um, it's it's not Bramer Sports Network, it's Bally's. I didn't buy the entire network. That was Dick's line. But the funniest <laughs> thing about it was the official debut, the first game with the new name was the Wolves next game Wednesday night. And like Dave Benz couldn't stop saying it. Like, yeah, Bally's, boy, this is great, Bally sports, Bally sports, Bally Bramer barely mentioned Valley
0: Sports. <laughs> was- yeah, he just to stay away from uh, screwing it up. So yeah, I was I was fine with it. I li- I like the branding. I like the colors. Uh, I like the colors the mus- more. The music change. Finally, get some different music than the bum dum ba dum ba dum ba dum. Like we've been hearing that for twenty years. I like the red. Actually, twenty five years. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, the on red. It. It's sharp. It so stands I'm here out for it. And I'm all about uh, opening up the floodgates for more uh, gambling and more vices. So. <laughs> So I'm I'm for it. All right, boys, we gotta we gotta reset here so we can talk to our friend, President of Basketball Operations Gerson Rosas, and do a deep dive into a Minnesota sports movie classic, The Mighty Ducks. That's your pie chart of blame for the Twins' opening day debacle. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. I trust all these guys at the shop, but we're talking specifically about and
4: and you know when he's playing bad and he's that focused in the fourth quarter and he's you know going downhill. He's, he's special. It's just as simple as
0: that. And, you know, obviously in the fourth quarter he was special, but, you know, I think as he matures, he's going to be doing what he does in the fourth quarter for all 48 minutes. And I think he's going to start just blossoming into even a, to a superstar we all seem to be. Well, Anthony Towns, I think, I think sharing the sentiment that we all share that Ant Edwards is destined for some stardom in his future. Gerson Rosas, President of Basketball Operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Joins the show and uh, it's probably like his fourth appearance on the show. We thank him for taking time out of his schedule. We want to talk about Ant with you. We want to talk about the team and everything. But um, I'm going to guess you're a little distracted going into the weekend with your with your Houston squad set to play in the final four, sir.
4: Great question. Uh, definitely. Did uh. <laughs> that on purpose. <laughs> I had to get it out of the way early. <laughs> Anytime I mean it, it was up. a very thoughtful, great, personalized <laughs> question. I mean, what do you want me to You gotta compliment the background work? I appreciate that. No, it's <laughs> um it it is a it's a fun weekend. Uh Kelvin Sampson and I worked together at Houston and then he transitioned over to the University of Houston. So it's special. Um it's a great run. Uh but even for all of us, just to have March Madness back, just to have the tournament back, some level of normalcy. But no, it's It's great to have the Cougars there. Uh, Tough game on Saturday versus Baylor. Very talented team. It's going to be a dogfight. But um, it's exciting to have that program back where it's at now uh, and to be able to enjoy it, Uh, especially this close here in the Midwest. It is going to be a little distracting. But a lot of good basketball this weekend.
1: So on your team, um, how do you go go about trying to judge a team and and a coach when, when you make a change? like you did as far as trying to get a read on what uh, Chris Finch needs as far and it's tough be, because there's not a lot of time to practice too. So it's a ton of games for a guy who just stepped in. What is the rest of this year about for you and Chris Gerson as far as the evaluation process goes?
4: Uh, that's a hard reality for us. It's it's a very unique year and everybody's trying to do their best to move forward in this season, but for us as a young team with the need for practice, with the need for development, uh, you add a new coach into the mix, it's challenging, but you guys know the reality. Nobody's feeling sorry for us. Nobody's going to give us an extra month of practice just for this, because that's what we need. So we have to do the best that we can uh, with the information we can and be as aggressive as we can. Like Where we're at is not where we want to be, uh, but we're fortunate we're, we're establishing a foundation of, of – great players in Cat uh, and good young players in terms of building the foundation. We don't know what we have right now with uh, D'Angelo and Cat and the rest of our group. Uh, Some of our players have even brought up to be there. You know, D'Angelo hasn't played with this Anthony. D'Angelo hasn't played with this Jaden, and we have to figure that out. So for that reason, these last 25, 24 games are critically important to us in that, this is our games. These are our practices. This is our, this is our, our off season. This is our training camp from last year. We've got to really maximize uh, where we're at. And a big part of the coaching change during this season is we really needed to readjust our identity, uh, both from an offensive and defensive perspective and as a platform for our young players to develop. And that's something that talking with ownership as we discuss the big picture It was necessary that we did it as soon as possible to get through these growing pains and these learning curves now. I don't know what this offseason looks like. I don't know what next preseason looks like. We're not guaranteed anything. So we have to bring the change that we need now. And I'm very confident that the success we're going to have next year is going to be attributed to the changes we made now. And the steps forward that we took as an organization, both individually with our players, figuring out what we have with this group, getting more than five games out of D'Angelo and Cat together with this uh, with our core together and, and moving forward into this offseason, realizing what we have, what we need and how do we address those situations.
0: And so, Gerson, you brought up that like Delo hasn't played with this version of of Ant Edwards. And so that maybe partially answers my my next question. Um, and I and I'm going to preface this by saying I am I, I quit basketball in eighth grade because the conditioning was too <laughs> aggressive and so this is a complete amateur observation. <laughs> you know when you you know basketball reference has amazing tools and you can go check out lineup combinations and Delo plus Ant on the court at the same time has been uh, a lot of negative value for you guys in the box score, but that combination really only played before the All Star break because Delo's been out and so I guess my question is. Um, they haven't looked great together on the court. What can they look like on the court and what gives you confidence that they can play together for large chunks of minutes when he comes back?
4: Yeah. So a big part of that was the, uh, philosophical change. Uh, and I didn't feel like the system, the structure that we had in place was conducive, uh, not only to our top guys, but to our young guys moving forward. And we had to change that infrastructure. And, uh, coach Finch and the staff and the players deserve a lot of credit in that you're seeing incremental uh, developments in our program and a big part of that is the development of our young guys I think it's no surprise that uh, Anthony Edwards is named the rookie of the of the month this month Uh, and it's because of the comfort level in this system the comfort level in this program and in this offense and in this defense I think we've We've put ourselves in a situation now where we have platforms where guys can operate to their strengths. Uh, by no means have they figured it out. There's a long stretch of development, but those are key areas for us. Like how do how did DeAngelo and Ant work together, and how can we put them in a position? I think Chris uh, Finch has an incredible uh, offensive mind. Uh, he he's done a good job of not only putting these guys in a position to be successful, but coaching them and holding them accountable. Uh, I mean, Ant missed a couple of the last fourth quarters here over the last week, 10 days. And those were important teaching and development moments for him. And it's the reason why he can bounce back. But I do feel we're going to have a structure in place where we can not only put D'Lo in a position where he can be successful and productive, uh, Ant, Beasley, uh, which we haven't had together, Jaden McDaniels and his development and growth but it all comes together because we have a very unique and special superstar in Carl Anthony Towns who wants it to happen. And he's not a guy that's trying to get stats, he's not trying to get points. He wants to win. And my job is to bring as much talent as possible on this team. Our coaches, it's their job to make it work, and our it's our players' job to commit to what we're trying to do in order to be successful. And since the change, you know, we're playing close to a 500 level. Guys are playing more consistent. Our focus has been to do offensively and defensively the things we can recreate game in and game out, and that's our focus here for the rest of the season.
0: The, the Carl thing's interesting in that I think on one side of it, there's how do players just sort of fit together schematically, but then there's also the personality and leadership pecking order, and my own observation, it's never seemed to me that Cat has felt super comfortable as like a vocal and. Personality leader, and maybe you disagree with that, but Ant seems comfortable with that. I mean, Ant Edwards is nineteen going on thirty with sort of his confidence and personality, and and Car- Carl seems comfortable sometimes just deferring that side of it to Ant. I mean, is that a, is that a misread, or is, is that no. how you sort of look at it?
4: No, I think that's a fair assessment. And you know, I've been in the league close to twenty years. You're not going to change guys. Guys are who they are. You can only put them in a position where they can be successful. Carl is. Uh, He's a leader in his own way. Uh, He's more of a guy that talks to guys individually. He uh, gives them a lot of confidence. There's a special relationship with him there, Uh, but he's different. And I don't want him to be somebody he's not. I don't want any of these guys to be somebody they're not. And is who he is. He's a ball of energy, charismatic force that loves playing, loves winning, and is, is a youthful energy that's trying to figure things out. And we needed that. When we drafted him, I, I saw him as a good compliment to Cat, to D-Lo, to some of our other guys because he has that charismatic uh, personality. And, and he's driven to be great. Like he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's scratching the surface. This is a football player turned basketball player who should be a freshman in college this year. But he's got a grit and a spirit to him that's very special. And you see that. And the, the thing that I value the most is his ability to be to allow himself to be coached. He's not in here griping about not playing fourth quarters. He's understanding that he needs to play better. And that's where we see the development. That's where we see the growth. That's where we see the adjustment of a game like the the New York game where he just takes over. And for a 19-year-old who has no idea what he's doing, who doesn't understand it but has incredible freakish talent and physical tools, that's a great sign for us. But nobody wants to win more than Cat, and he wants to make sure these guys are in a position to be themselves to be productive and to help us win.
1: So, what is your expectation with a training camp with Finch? You know, obviously uh, h- having time to get to know these players. Gerson, what's your thought process and expectation for how different the 2021 22 season can be for this team once there's time for things to, to uh, progress? Are we talking about a huge step up, like potentially a playoff type? Turnaround? Are we t- talking about it's still going to be gradual? What do you want to see and what do you think you'll see?
4: Well, well philosophically, systematically, I expect major change. Uh, as much as Chris is changing this season, uh, it's a more of a less is more approach. So we're trying to take things out. We're trying to focus on the most important things. And we're trying to be consistent. We're trying to create a competitive spirit. And, and you're seeing it. A lot of the things over our last Eight to ten games have been our guys trying to adjust, especially with young players trying to figure out whether it's game plans or opponents or what's going on. But I love that our spirit has become we're not going to give up. We come back from falling uh, to big leads, and that's not a trend we want to have. We want to get better starts, but we want to have a competitive spirit where we're never out of a game. And to win the New York game the way we won it with stops, uh, rebounds, uh, defensive plays, uh, that speaks to the group that we're becoming, but I do think, in a big way, what we what we're going to see this next year from this team is going to be totally different. Uh, a, a full off season, a full training camp uh, under Chris Finch and his staff, uh, we're going to be a lot different. And there's only so much you can impact at this stage with games, limited practices. Uh, but there's there's a big urgency going into next year. We we have to take a step forward. Uh, we have to be more consistent, we have to be more productive, and it's got to be more about winning.
0: Uh, what What is the thing that Chris Finch is the best at in your mind?
4: Well, when, you know, his perspective, like being a coach for 30-plus years uh, all over the world, being a head coach for 20-plus years, he's got a, uh, an incredible basketball mind, and it's developed through different experiences at different level playing and having had – different players uh, at different levels, but his ability to connect the dots from offense to defense, his ability to put guys in a position to be successful, uh, but he's got an edge and his ability to let players know how much he cares. while at the same time, hold them accountable and call them out in a way that's conducive to winning is pretty unique and special. Yeah.
0: I love the, I love the anecdote that he, in one of the games where Ant was benched for the fourth quarter and they sat down and watched film and talked about it. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And the fact that the player is good with that and the coach is comfortable having that conversation, I mean, that's how it should be.
4: Well, where we're at is about winning, and it's not about your feelings. It's not about good play, bad play. It's what do we need to do to win? And our players are committed to that. Our coaches are committed to that. The organization is committed to that. We don't have time for all the other things. We've got to get to the heart of the issue, and that's how to figure out how to win consistently.
0: Thanks, right. Gerson. Great stuff, Gerson. Good stuff, man. We'll talk again sometime, uh, probably between end of season and draft, so we can ask you a bunch of invasive questions about. Hopefully, you guys keep the pick, but I know you guys. Oh, and he'll win tell, game, and he'll so tell us we'll exactly
1: see. what
4: the plan is.
1: We'll be in the war room. Yeah, we'll be in the war room. Show us the board, Gerson. Show us the board. <laughs>
4: You guys, you guys will know that, but I'm expecting another call next week in case uh, a certain team advances there to Monday. I don't want to forget about. that.
0: Actually, if that happens, let's do, let's just do a breakdown of the championship game. <laughs> we don't even have to talk wolves.
4: Hey, I'm game.
1: I'm, we'll talk back when Gerson. What? When is uh, when is Dilo going to be back? Do you think?
4: How soon? He's soon. Okay. He's soon. I, I expect him uh, here sooner rather than later over the next week. He's working hard. Uh, hopefully we, ha- we haven't had any setbacks, but uh, uh, we need him back on the court soon, and he's working hard to get back there. Awesome. Cool.
0: All right. Bye, Gerson. Thanks, Gerson. Thank you, guys. He's got to get to a meeting, and he refused to let us in the, the Zoom meeting, <laughs> so we'll let him go. Uh, Gerson Rosas, president of basketball operations for the Timberwolves. And by the way, his appearance brought to us by Dennis Kirk. So Dennis Kirk is the absolute best in the business when it comes to motorcycle riding, sport bike, metric cruises, wherever you ride – They've got parts for you. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets. If you order before 8 p.m., they ship the same day. And shipping is free for orders over $89. Uh, it's uh, The sun is starting to come out more often. The weather is starting to turn. And so that means it's riding season. DennisKirk.com. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. Before we jump into Judd's first ever review of the Mighty Ducks here. Um, I I I love having him on. I mean, he's always super honest and without going too aggressively in on Ryan Saunders or mentioning his name.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, when when we asked the question, what makes you think that Ant and D'Lo can coexist on the court, knowing that they're like a I didn't have the numbers in front of me, but they're, they're like a minus thirty per one hundred possessions or something. Small sample size, and he said, Yeah, well. The old infrastructure and system was the main reason for that, and we feel like Chris Finch's infrastructure and system and the way that Ant has evolved is going to fix that problem. So he didn't name Ryan, but yeah. he was – Well, and, cool. Ryan,
1: and Ryan, as we talked about back when he got the full-time job, was put in a very difficult situation for his age. Like, that's that's not the norm. Absolutely. That's not the norm. I mean, Chris Finch is, I think, 51, and Chris Finch comes in with a background. And, I mean, the, fa- the fact is, look – Ryan Saunders does not bench Ant for the end of two games. He just doesn't. And Ant was benched. He's flat-out benched. Now, he takes it well. Uh, He deserves it, and he knows he he does. But Ryan's not going to do that. He is not in a position in life yet. He will be eventually at some point. So, yeah, it's not a surprise that the Wolves had to get, as far as the person who was coaching them, more structure. And now the next thing, though, is going to be, and this is going to be key, Managing the egos of guys and how this starts to to play out. Because Ant is not going to be the lovable 19-year-old kid for in perpetuity. He's going to become more authoritative probably and become more sure and, you know, not defer as much. I don't know. But things will change. And the question is, can the person who is in charge of managing these egos handle it? And that's D-Lo, if he's here. That's Cat. That's Ant. Beasley, Pominville. It, it, Pominville. It, it's a difficult thing,
0: where Pommonville come time. from,
1: but it, it's a different, you know, it, it's difficult. So um, I'm just curious, I'm curious to my question is what's the expected pop up from right now to next year at this time?
0: Yeah, because you can't just stink forever. Yep, and so much of it depends on if they keep the draft pick, and if they decide to get frisky with trades this off season, which Gerson loves to do. They also there's a reason why they hired the trade machine guy, and they didn't ESPN make any two years trades ago. right
1: at the deadline. So yeah, they're overdue yep. now.
0: So all right, so thank you to Gerson Rosas for for coming on the show. And you know what? Let's if if Houston wins, so they'll play the championship game on Monday night. Um. I mean he basically asked to come back on the show and so let's like if let's reach out it would be more fun if they won the whole thing and then we could have him on to celebrate the whole thing. Maybe we'll just get him on 3 times in a week. And see oh, I'm happens.
1: sure he'd love that. He's got plenty of time.
0: Yep. Uh, all right, before we get to Judd's first ever viewing of the Mighty Ducks, have you been to PXG Minneapolis yet? It's a golfer's paradise over there at PXG Minneapolis. The new Gen 4 golf clubs have landed these are the best performing clubs pxg has ever made and this is a company that makes really good golf clubs they also have the zero to 11 golf clubs in stock which is also a full line of high performance clubs packed with pxg technology priced a little bit more within reach if you just want to look sharp if you just want maybe your game is a train wreck look, oh, like all sharp. of us that's me want look sharp? Yeah. looking sharp yeah, the, the best
1: hair of the show as joe jackson said look yeah, sharp absolutely
0: yep so, uh, PXG's new spring and summer apparel line also just arrived. PXG Minneapolis and Southdale Center. And find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. Quack, quack. 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 We lost a
2: few games. Tough. That was District 5. Now we're the Ducks. Yeah. And the Ducks yeah. are undefeated. All right. No! No! Quack. 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 Oh quack.
0: Quack 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 Oh yeah Welcome in we don't have an intro for this yet because this is a new iteration of our movie review series a little over a year ago we launched Action Movie Rewind we did about 45 action movies we're gonna definitely go back to Action Movie Rewind at some point uh, the masses were also clamoring for us to to expand our horizons, so we did we did a handful of rom com rewinds, and that's been a blast. And we will also keep doing those. But it's been a year since we dove into the movie review business here on Mackie and Judd, yep. and we have yet to review a true sports movie. There's been some. Rom-coms with sports themes and an NBA Finals rom-com. Yes, right. Lose a guy in ten days.
1: <laughs> Sacramento Kings against the Knicks in the NBA Finals. <laughs>
0: but we have yet to, we have yet to actually dive into a sports movie review. And yep. so consider this the launch of Mackie and Judd's sports movie review. And Declan, if you just I mean cut yeah. me off with a soundbite at any point here. Mighty Ducks, the original Mighty Ducks from nineteen ninety two, a Minnesota-based sports. Movie mm-hmm. classic.
2: District five Pee-Wee hockey teams. I'm Gordon Bombay. I'm the new coach. <laughs> <laughs> afraid so, dude. <laughs> Got the roster right here. Averman, Dave, Conway, Charlie, Paul, Terry. Coach. Now here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. This is supposed to be a pep talk. Look, I'm sure this will be a real bonding experience. Maybe one day, one of you will even write a book about it in jail. Oh, oh, sir. Oh. Is there a goalie? Uh, only for a little while. I'm uh, moving back to Philly. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. <laughs> All right, get out on the ice. Let me see. What leave you can of do. absence? He can't do that. He can't stop me from working. He's not. I am. That was my condition. Gordon, you need a break. You're too wrapped up in your work. Sir, so, my work is my life. That's just my point. The community service will do you good. It will teach you compassion, a sense of fair play, how to fit in. Community service? This is horrible. You'll get used (laughs) to it. And hopefully you'll come back a better person and a better attorney, which is why I'm keeping you on salary and
4: have arranged a driver for you.
0: Gentlemen, after reckless young lawyer Gordon Bombay, played by Emilio Estevez, gets arrested for (laughs) drunk driving, (laughs) he must coach a kid's hockey team for his community service. Gordon has experience on the ice, but he's not super eager to return to hockey, a point hit home by his tense dealings with his own former coach, Jack Riley, played by Lane Smith. The reluctant Gordon eventually grows to appreciate his team, which includes promising young Charlie Conway, played by Josh Jackson, later on famous for being in Dawson's Creek, and leads (laughs) them to take on Riley's tough players, the Hawks. Only 23% on Rotten Tomatoes, Very which is low. just a travesty. The critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes says the Mighty Ducks has feel-good goals, but only scores a penalty shot for predictability. Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> well, yeah.
0: 14, okay. $14 million budget turned into $51 million at the box office, so it was pretty successful. Yep. Amelia Westvez, Josh Jackson, Jussie Smollett was in this. He's He was in that... Um, well, he had a huge controversy yeah. where he like, faked getting he like faked getting assaulted. I didn't know. He was in this movie.
4: Yeah. Yeah, he was oh, man.
0: he was one of the he was one of the, kids, the kids on the yeah. team. Yeah. This movie was directed by Stephen Herrick, who also directed Mr. Holland's Opus, 101 Dalmatians, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The Three Musketeers, and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, so, a great great, little run great movie. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead's fantastic. Yeah. So, this was the first Now, Declan, you've seen this before. Plenty of times. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Numerous times. Right. It's been a few years. I've
0: seen but, yeah. this a million times, <laughs> and we also might have to do D2 and D3 at some point. And the new series just came out on, on Disney+. Plus. But this was Judd Zulgad. Judd Zulgad, noted hockey obsessor a and slap enthusiast. Shot. Love Slapshot, the movie, yes. Lifelong Minnesotan. So, yep. like, two things that are themes yep. in your life. Yep. And you've never seen The Mighty Ducks until this week. So we'll start with Judd, your key takeaway from this movie.
1: Well, first of all, in my defense, I was twenty-two-ish when, when this came out, and this is not exactly a film for a twenty-two-year-old who is uh, young and going to bars. And I, it's. It, what do it, you mean? It's there's a, there's a ton of drinking in this movie. <laughs> a little too much, actually. Well, yeah. First of all, Gordon Bombay, you, you, you didn't just drink and drive. You were swerving all over the place, and you were completely. I love the fact that he's going like. Eighty miles an hour downtown or something, and In he's a like, "Blizzard, dr- by the way, a, yeah. yeah." And he's drinking and he's swerving and he's a lawyer and he doesn't think to himself, "I really should slow down and probably shouldn't be drinking with an open bottle right now."
0: Actually, since you brought that up, can we just get right into that? Because that's one of my main takeaways from this movie too is that. He might be the worst and dumbest buzzed driver of all time. Like but You, sh- you not should buzz. not be drunk he's, driving and buzz driving. He's loaded. He has an open, an open bottle of beer that he's just pounding. Which he throws, throws in the back. Throws in the back. <laughs> he's cranking music. He's swerving in and out. He's going too fast. and And it's a blizzard outside. I mean, what is wrong with him? Yeah.
1: So my takeaway is this, though. And it gets back to the central character in said film. Gordon Bombay is a tortured soul who has no idea who he is and he doesn't need community service he needs intense therapy okay intense therapy first of all throughout the entire film he rides a roller coaster of emotion that's not healthy like at, at the first party he's a jerk to the kids and then he softens up but then but then as soon as things turn against him he sort of becomes a jerk again and then he softens up he's a he, he's an immature brat so that's one thing. The other thing is he has no clue what he's doing with his entire life to the point of he coaches a peewee hockey team. Okay, that's cool. Peewee hockey team. He's a former really good peewee player from 1973. So if, if, if we extrapolate this and say that was 1973, and now he's a lawyer in present day, which I think was supposed to be 1992 –
0: Ninety one is when or
1: ninety one film, okay. Yeah. And he's spo- and so he is now going to go for a minor league hockey tryout at the end. Like, dude, you just coached a pee wee team. You haven't coached in or you haven't played in years,
0: and you hate and you supposedly uh, quit dude, playing. Just, he scored like, like one hundred ninety goals in a pee wee season. Man. Wait, in nineteen seventy
1: three. This is like eighteen years out. Anyway, the point being, fast hands don't leave
0: you. The fast hands don't. <laughs> anyway, <leave you. laughs>
1: Gordon Bombay has no bleeping clue what he's doing in life. He needs help, and he shouldn't be around children because he's going to screw them up, too. Um, And so my takeaway was this character, incredibly flawed, messed up, (laughs) needed help. The last thing that he should have been doing at the end was getting on a bus to go to some, like, American hockey league or international hockey league. We'll get into that. Try out. Yeah he 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 i will That's give you I he is very
0: he is very codependent and you'll see in future ducks movies which we will review at least oh, one more will. future ducks movie sure cuz they the, cuz the themes get even more ridiculous but uh there is a, there is at one point he like gets slicked back hair and gets all like he becomes nationally famous and he rides the roller coaster of life i think he could maybe read a book or two about stoicism and yeah. meditation yeah, can i just say just this calm too himself a little bit.
1: so so i, I actually went back and looked at the background of this film itself to find out where it started and stuff. The problem that this film had was this. It was written as a serious film. Like, it was supposed to be—the Bombay character was supposed to be messed up, and then Disney bought it. And they're like, oh, no, has to be a family film. And keep in mind, too, you guys, keep in mind, too— the North Stars, Norm Green wanted to move the North Stars around this time to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And he was wow. going to. And the league stopped him. Stopped him and basically said, you can go anywhere but there because this film was so successful that the Mighty Ducks, they were bound and determined to launch a team with Disney involved in the league, which they did.
0: And they did. And so so what? Had, just real quick on that note. So... The league launched the Mighty Ducks off the back of this movie like a year or two later. Yes, And instead of of paying an entry fee to the league, like when an expansion team comes in, like whenever the next NBA team comes in, whether it's in Las Vegas or in Seattle, they're going to pay like a $200 million entrance fee, and then that will be spread across the owners. So Anaheim paid a $50 million fee just to the LA Kings so that they could – Mm-hmm. Be in the backyard and not it was sort of a hey, we're sorry, Kings, we're gonna, we're gonna put a team in your backyard. Um so yeah, anyways, Declan, what was your main takeaway? All right,
3: so it's been a few years since I've seen this movie. Um I've seen it, you know, a dozen of times. Uh my main takeaway is this. And it, it struck me the first opening scene and then I was I was struggling with it throughout the course of the film and I'm actually I'm gonna have to defer to Phil for this conversation. My main takeaway was I couldn't tell if Judd was more like coach Riley or coach Bombay. So, <laughs> coach, Riley, coach, coach Riley. Coach Riley. Coach <laughs> Riley. You missed this shot, kid? You're not just letting you're not just letting the team down, you're letting me down too. Like he's like he is just imposing his will on like an 8-year-old who by the way his, his yes. dad died. Like he yeah. like he is tough love, dude. He he is just a hard ass in and, and this clip even too, when when they're confronted with one another. Bunch
2: of losers. Let's rank coach They are losers. We hate losers, don't we? They don't even deserve to live. Maybe you're right. Maybe banks won't make a difference. But at least we're playing by the rules. Why'd you turn against me, Gordon? For six years, I taught you how to skate, I taught you how to score,
4: I taught you how to go for the W. You could have been one of the greats. And now look at yourself you're not even a has been, you're a never was.
0: (laughs) Great line. Um, those kids not understanding sarcasm. I, I that got uh, is one of on that. I've got notes on that, got got notes yeah, on that too. That,
3: that, it's yes. So, so I think Parable it is writing. more Coach Riley, but then, but then Bombay, right? Like Bombay also teaches the kids faking injuries, right? He needs there, there's some little help that he needs to get his life back. I see some Judd Zolget and Coach Bombay as well.
1: Well, the co- the coaching kids
3: how to cheat to me. I loved it. I thought it was
1: brilliant. Boom. And and then they and then they're like all mad about I don't cheat. I'll bleep you.
0: You're terrible.
3: Yeah. This yeah. guy's you, you,
1: a lawyer and this guy's a lawyer. He's showing that, you
3: shortcuts. <laughs> that opening scene when he meets the kids and and he asks who's the goalie and he goes, "Uh it's it's me, coach, but I'm moving to Philly. I won't be here long." Thank you for sharing. Like I can see Judd coaching moves. a pee-wee team. But but that's he the never thing is either. if
1: you tell me if you're a fat kid and you're going to move, move.
3: Yeah. So I, my main takeaway was I saw Judge Zolgad in both, and I was trying to figure out if – I'm not Coach Riley, was- no, because I, I wouldn't,
1: I no, the, that guy is a psychotic competitor. I'm not. I'm more of a. Dude,
0: I think. More- I think. I think if you were a coach, I don't think you'd be exactly like either one, yeah. but I think you would yeah. be super impatient with oh, yeah. incompetent people. Yeah. And so you would you would get you would definitely get super, super mad at like some of the players that make mistakes. I'd and be her would Brooks. Be t- yeah. Yeah. again. Again.
3: <laughs> again. So so yeah, my main takeaway was I, I, I saw a lot of Judd Zolgad in like in, in the first five minutes of this film. <laughs> I could Bob. I could That's I crazy. saw it in both <laughs> of <ones>. them.
0: <laughs> All right. My my main takeaway from this movie. Is that this might be the greatest coaching job in hockey history? Yeah, I got notes on this. Okay, let's let's think about <laughs> I got, yeah. let's think about I got how just it. creative and brilliant Gordon Bombay is at maximizing a roster. You want to talk about like Kevin Cash and before he went to the Dodgers, Andrew Friedman with the Rays, just taking ragtag waiver claim players and drafted players and eighth round picks and winning ninety games every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude. He he invents the flying V, and and scores a huge goal in the championship game. I got thoughts on that. Wait for it. And and teaches them how to cross the blue line without being offsides, which is great. Uh, he's I mean the creativity. He brings figure skaters to a hockey team for more mobility, for more speed, and for the distraction factor. He teaches Fulton Reed how to skate just enough to That's... rip that slap shot in key moments, which you, you never see the which you never see. You saw it twice. He saw it two twice, you No, about?
1: but he never. But you never see him like teach him. He just basically. He just.
0: Well, they told No, they they had him. They had him the skating window. around. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. had him skating in the skyways downtown Minneapolis yeah, on rollerblades. I yeah, could he, 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 he was at hockey practice with them yeah. too, skating through the cones. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, he turns Goldberg. He he instills confidence in Goldberg <laughs> and Charlie <laughs> Conway. And I mean, just the—I would say this the creativity and the genius of Gordon Bombay. It's, it's pretty <laughs> amazing that he actually wasn't coaching earlier in life. I mean, how tormented he must have felt. But this is one of the great coaching jobs in hockey history. Wow! Miracle or this? Who who was better? Herb Brooks had better players. The man. better coaching Herb, job. Herb Brooks had the Herb Brooks had the best amateur players in the
1: world. Or Emilio Estevez.
0: It's my Mount Rushmore of I hockey get coaches. Those yeah. two are on it for sure. Yep. Okay, what was your favorite thing about the Mighty Ducks, Judd?
1: Oh, th- this is easy. This is a slam dunk, boys. February ninth, 1992 was the date that the Minnesota North Stars played host to the Hartford Whalers, a 5-4 overtime loss when the kids, when, when they uh, attend the game, yes, that is the whale that they're playing. And there's actually good scenes from that. They They clearly went and shot a ton from that game. Uh, And unlike splicing together, let's say, the Knicks-Kings game that was, you know, absolutely a garbage game and then trying to sell it as the NBA Finals, they do a very nice job of basically saying, hey, it's the present for the kids being successful. He takes them to this game at the Met, which is great. And then the second part that I love, too, was the brief appearance by former North Stars Basil McRae and Mike Medano. McCray and, was he was he was a goon, right? Yes, but I mean, he okay. – yes, yeah. But I love I love so. McRae has lines about you know, aren't you Gordon Bombay? You're a legend, blah blah blah. And Mike Madonna was probably around twenty at the time, and his line is, "I boy, heard you were a farmer, a farmer. I heard you were a farmer, and like he delivers it as stiff as you possibly can.
0: And I think that I, I think thought that they, was great. The writing of this movie was uh, questionable, to say the least, but I think one of the themes throughout the movie was supposed to be, oh, people, people like remembering him as a hockey player and then misremembering what he does for a living. Right. Because at one point someone said he was a doctor and a farmer. But but the thing about it, too, is
1: is that Basil McRae grew up in Canada. Gordon Bombay was a legend, supposedly Pee Wee, I believe, in Minnesota. Basil McRae wouldn't have heard of Gordon Bombay um, under any circumstance. Under any, and well, did, uh, what and do you mean? Did, did you guys see, during the course of the North Stars-Whalers game, the boards at the Met? Because the,
0: so there's a, there's a there was K-Mart. a Kmart yeah. ad.
1: There was also a 1500 KSDP AM wow. ad. Did, did, because they carried, the, carried games the games back, games? back then. They yes. carried the games, yeah. I'm yes. Amazing. Yeah. Al called so, the games on our station. So yes, there there was a there was a station ad on the boards at Med Center. Hey,
3: hey Gordo. It's
2: Gordon Bombay, right? You remember me? Sure, from Pee Wee's. <laughs> this guy used to
0: rule in Pee Wee's. Oh yeah. Pee-wees.
2: I heard you're a farmer. Actually I became a lawyer. I'm coaching Pee Wee now and this is my team, the Ducks. Ducks, hey. this is Basil McCray and Mike Modano. Oh, I I we didn't know. All right, all
0: right. Hey Ducks, listen to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. If you ever want a shot, let me know.
2: I'll
1: give you a try with the Meyer Lee Club. <laughs> <laughs> this is nearly 20 years after he played Pee Wee, and Basil McCray's just like, yeah. And I, I love how the kids mail in their lines. Yeah. Kids, this is Basil McCray and Mike Madonna, and they said, hey, kids, clamor about that. Eh, yeah, no, oh, sorry, okay. <laughs> like, this, that was the most mailed-in sequence.
3: Hilarious.
0: All right, Dex, what was your favorite part of this movie?
3: Uh, yeah, this. I think a lot of people who love this movie know this fact, and it might even be in your factoids towards the end of this, as we usually like to do. But uh, co- uh, Connor Banks, he lives at 450. Adam, Adam Banks. Adam Banks, right? Banks. I said Connor Banks, yeah. Adam Banks lives at 450 North Hennepin Avenue. Did you guys Google where 450 North Hennepin uh, Avenue is? I
0: thought about it. I it thought was, about it. but
3: I did, and at
0: yep. the time
1: when they shot this film, it was a parking lot.
3: Yeah, so it's it's the right now it's basically it's the intersection of the light rail at 5th. It, it, it's it's 5th and Hennepin. And so also it's down,
0: right downtown.
3: Right in the heart of downtown and So bas- it's like right
0: across from the Loon basically. Yeah, Basically,
3: it's Auggie Strip Club. It's basically Auggie <laughs> Strip Club. Well, what's it's wrong the with closest that? thing to it you can make. What? Like Auggie's is like 425, but it's the closest establishment to it like that Buzzmart, the Copper Melt. The Banks Rock. Yeah. So my oh, favorite yeah.
0: Adam Banks's mom, yeah. she was a working woman. I don't know what so she, you know yeah. I don't know what she was doing at night. But he was,
3: but Adam Banks, formulating his uh, hockey career,
0: living looked above right a d- Augie
3: strip club, man,
0: right
1: downtown too, man, yeah, right downtown. He he was no
3: hawk. So yeah, my, my, and a lot of people know that 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 you know anyone who loves this Mighty Ducks movie. And my God, there are a lot of Minnesotans who love this film, and I'm excited to do our final ranking when we get there. But my favorite part is the fact that 450 North Hennepin, yeah, is basically an intersection. But if you really want to get down to it, it's Augie strip club.
0: That's he amazing. was living above Augie's <laughs> Oh, my God. Let's Actually, <laughs> Where I spent some time in. myself. Oh, really? Auggie's. Oh, I've been to Augie's.
1: Oh. A friend of Roger. mine once dropped his cell phone in there. By accident, I had to go retrieve it the next day. You had to go retrieve it? No, a, oh. a friend of mine. But Same. I've been there. I I used oh. to go, go there. Yeah. Um, great Wings. Great
0: wings! I'm that? sure they have amazing yeah, great food w- there. Great please, w- please welcome wings.
1: Tammy to the
0: stage. Yeah, yeah. Just, here the yeah. just here for the articles. <laughs> just here for the articles. Oh the yeah, this a true professional. <laughs> uh, so my favorite thing about this movie was just like all of the Minnesota things nostalgically. I mean, you had, you had the the Skyway. I, I thought they were at one point they were skating through City Center. And Judd, you said it was also what was the other the part, old the conservatory. Galleria? Conservatory,
1: okay. which is where the Target buildings are now.
0: Yeah. They tore it so down. So that, was, Didn't work that was amazing. There was early, the first scene in the movie, was it Liquor Lyle's or Lee's Liquor Lounge that they were. I thought there was one of those two, like over by Target. What's the one over by Target Field? I think that's Lee's Liquor Lounge. Lee's Liquor that's Lounge. Yes, it is. Liquor Lyle's yep.
3: in Uptown. Yep. And just closed, right? Yes, I believe it. It's going to be
0: sold. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It might. Yeah. yeah. You had Coon Rapids Ice Arena, New Hope Ice Arena, Minnetonka Ice Arena, Minnetonka Ice Arena. Mm -hmm. You had Mickey's Diner, the Met Center, just all of these, these, these either iconic places or just sort of random arenas like the New Hope Ice Arena. It's kind of just a random arena. Where did the
1: Conways live? Because like I couldn't figure out where they lived.
0: Uh, uh,
3: It's in my least favorite parts
0: of this movie. Okay,
3: I'll say that. I'll stop.
0: We'll save it. I was just curious. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's go in reverse order. We'll go back to Declan here. What's, what was your least favorite part of this Okay. Movie? So
3: my least favorite part is, yes, yeah, so he lives in Minneapolis. That's clear. That's very, very clear. Yep. My, the Minnesotan in me, although loves the nostalgia and loves all the artifacts in Minnesota, I don't, I don't love the Minneapolis-St. Paul cross. So she lives in Minneapolis? But she works at Mickey's Diner. Yeah. As someone who grew up a St. Paul kid, I grew up in St. Paul. Yeah. No person lives in Minneapolis
0: and works at Mickey's Diner. Second, yeah, I mean, there's people that would work in Minneapolis and live in St. Paul, and vice versa. Correct. But if and I'm, I'm not saying this to be demeaning. If you're a waitress, why would you travel all the way to St. Right. Paul when you could? There's a million restaurants you could work at. And
3: doesn't the f- make sense. The fact when he finally when Bombay takes her on a date, so he is back home <laughs> in Minneapolis. She has come home from work at Mickey's, and then I believe they are back at Rice Park in St. Paul at the Landmark. So yeah, they, they that, went from St. Yeah, yeah, Paul thank you. to Minneapolis. I was getting really confused. Date night back to St. Paul would never happen, and especially in the wintertime. Especially yeah. in the wintertime, you would not be commuting back and forth twice in, in, in that span for a date night. No way that would happen. So there was some Minnesota misconnections here yeah. that really irked me because I know that that would just— Absolutely not happen. Those are
0: my least. This is like parts. this is like when Philadelphia people watch the original Rocky movie, right? When he does when he does his iconic run throughout the city, and they keep showing shots of him in the industrial section. Then he's running up the steps of the old library, right? And if you're not from Philadelphia, you're just like, oh, he's running through the city, and he finishes his run at the top of the hill. And somebody mapped out like scene by scene. Okay, he's running here at this point. He's running <laughs> here, and they mapped out. If you would have made that run, it would have been like a 28 mile run. <laughs> Spoiler, alert two.
3: Spoiler alert two. If we do do number two, the intro is even worse to the Mighty Ducks in terms of the geographical oh, unbelievableness that happens let's in the do first it. 90 seconds.
0: Love it. We should do, let's let's not do it next week, but let's definitely but Dex do is D2, right. D2 at some point. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't make right. sense. Plus, that's my least favorite. All right. Joe, what's your least favorite part of this movie?
1: Uh Dex, please, please play the clip that you played previously where Bombay is talking to Coach Riley.
2: Bunch of losers. That's right, coach. They are losers. We hate losers, don't we? They don't even deserve to live. Maybe you're right. Maybe banks won't make a difference. But at least we're playing by the rules. Why'd you turn against me, Gordon? For six years, (laughs) I taught you how to
4: skate. I taught you how to score. I taught you how to go for the W. You could have been one of the greats. And now look at yourself. You're not even a has-been. You're a (laughs) never-was.
1: Okay, so here's the thing about this film. The writing was really weird because I thought they did some things pretty well for what they were trying to get at. Okay? Case in point, of a thing I liked. I like the fact that um, Bombay's relationship with Pacey's mom, I like the fact that that basically wasn't a ton of storyline. Like, they could have developed that a little bit more, and they really didn't, which I applaud. But what Declan just played, that clip drives me crazy. It is so lazy of the writers to have, okay, here's what we're going to do. Two of the kids are going to be behind a wall or a pole sort of listening to this. And, of course, there's going to be the misinterpretation of what Gordon Bombay says. And they're going to think that he thinks that they're a bunch of heels and losers and and that they're no good. But that's really not what he means. But we're going to address two things at once, and it's so creative. And then they're going to get mad, and it's going to create a rift in the film that – Come on. Like, it is so lazy. It was so stupid. I I can't begin. The The scene itself is absolutely fine. And it could have just been a scene. But to have, oh, two of the players who are a little volatile are going to hear it. And it's just, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it because I thought it was so, so lazy of the people that wrote this film
0: yeah i it was it was weird like the like like the, the fact that the kids these kids are smart enough in a lot yes. of ways throughout the movie right these are like and they're straight pretty, smart they're supposed to be straight smart. yeah, and they don't pick up on a clear argument between these two guys and, and why are they even there like they're just well, randomly no that's, hiding behind a wall exactly like it was for yeah it was like, super weird.
1: Are they going to the concession stand and they just hear their coach t- talking and decide, let's hang back here so that we can spy on Mr Bombay ba-
0: yeah it was anyway. it was bizarre. Um, and that, it kind of goes hand in hand with Miley's favorite thing in this movie. What is the deal with the evil career pee wee coach? So like, <laughs> he's just coached yeah. the Hawks pee wee team for like twenty or thirty years, and looks the and same. He, by and, the way. and he looks the same. <laughs> as he did in the he eight, looks 70s. better in '91 <laughs> than he did in '73. Yeah, like they couldn't they couldn't have given him like a beard or something. Isn't that weird? So he literally looks the same as he did twenty years earlier. Didn't, didn't they think at some point, all right, let's <laughs> Let's give him like a gray beard and have him just be kind of an old codger at this point. And no, he looks or just looks get a like different actor his, to play the play the young coach. That would work too. Um, but I don't really understand. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand why he's still coaching pee wees and why wouldn't wouldn't uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like wouldn't most pee coaches be fathers of kids or like it would be dads I, right or moms like coaching I think teams. So. He's just a random guy sure, but that just coaches kill so. little ten year old. Well and 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 berates
1: over. them and rides them into the ground. I'm like, who wouldn't have got this guy fired at some point?
0: Yeah, and then there's the scenes where he tells when when Adam Banks goes and plays for the Ducks, yes. they're playing in the championship game, and he brings those two Adam's former friends over and says, I want you to take him take him out. Take him out, take him out right? And so they take him out and he, he runs <laughs> into the pool after hitting uh after hitting a goal or whatever. And so so the the referee takes one of the kids and I think puts him in the penalty box for two minutes. By the way, he just like almost murdered yes. Adam Banks on the ice. Two minutes. Fult- Fult- Fulton Reed comes over and just dumps a player into the bench and gets a game misconduct, and he's out of the game for, for good. And uh, Hawks player almost kills Adam Banks and just gets a two-minute minor, which is amazing. And then as Hawks player is going into the penalty box – the co- the evil coach walks over and gives him a little high five, like
4: yeah, that's okay.
0: Right, right. So just evil peewee coach for twenty years, thirty years is just a weird guy. And he
1: wouldn't have been fired, like he didn't get fired. He wouldn't be fired at some. I mean, like he is he is evil to these kids. Um, and and also, why did they write in the line there? So, so Banks gets hit and he's clearly unconscious or he's hurt pretty badly. And the one kid who still likes Banks says to, to the kid that that ran him into the post. What did you do? And the kid says back, "My job. My job." Like, why? Why is that in there? Like, my it, job. It, like, it, okay, we get the fact that these people are bad. Like, you know, my job. Anyway, I love it. By the
0: way, are the Hawks supposed to be Edina? Uh, yes, keep I think referring to him as cake eaters. I think Edina? so.
1: That that was my takeaway. Okay. Yes, because because the one kid on
0: the Ducks keeps calling Banks that so. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. What was what was the least believable part of this movie? We'll go back to Declan here.
3: Uh. Oh my God. I have so many least believable parts here. Fire away. Uh, from Fire. the kids wearing warm-up uh, hoodies and football helmets in yes. a pe- like. Okay. I understand it's District Five, but you're telling me like it. I, you guys have to have a uniform. Like Charlie Conway's wearing a gopher hockey sweatshirt.
0: Well, you have to have like the right. Helmet, safety equipment, yeah, and yeah. safety. Yeah, and they don't exactly. have it at all.
3: Yeah, there's guys wearing football helmets. Yes. Um, also, the drawn-up plays. I know the flying V is cool. That that doesn't work. Uh, the I forget who's the girl that does the spin to, to distract them yeah. while she's figure skating. That doesn't work. Yeah. But probably my favorite one, my least believable part, is like they're, they keep showing the newspaper clippings of like their big wins toward towards like the end. I don't know if you noticed this. But on the publication, it says America's number one hockey publication. America's number one hockey publication is covering a peewee hockey league in Minnesota. Look, we are the state of hockey. Let's own that. And we love it. There is zero chance the number one hockey publication is covering nine-year-old peewee hockey tournaments. It does not happen.
1: Actually, that is a real publication. Let's Play Hockey is a real yeah. publication I know Let's play which has that tag. And, yes, but it is hilarious that every week all they do is cover District 5. So like Declan every has, single De- week.
4: De-
0: Declan has hit on my most – my least believable thing in this movie is just the extensive media coverage for <laughs> Kiwi Hockey. Everything <laughs> the radio, the radio g- calls, game, yes. game recaps, play-by-play play of the games, uh, and now here yep. comes – here comes Gordon Bombay. It's 19, like, what? It's, it's just like in the 70s? It's or just all in Pee the marble for the 19th century. <laughs> you are listening to the State
1: Pee Wee Hockey Championship on 1500 KSDP-AM. Coming up next, music.
0: Yes. It's hilarious. And then people, you know, everyone has the newspaper clipping of, like, why does Hans have the newspaper clipping of Gordon missing the penalty shot? Because you've got to remember
1: your failures. He says that. Oh,
0: wait, 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 like, why? What do you mean? Because he probably, had, he probably had cash on the opposing team. Hans is probably gambling on the opposing team to the Hawks. I love it. And I, what I want to know is, like, who are the play-by-play announcers for these right. for these pee wee <laughs> hockey? Is it like, is it on cable twelve? Like, what? Like, wh- dude, it was nineteen seventy
1: three. That it was radio.
3: There, <laughs> I, there was yeah. no cable twelve. Anthony LaPantha just calling some pee wee yeah. hockey games. Bombay, yeah.
0: Conway, Conway, oh, over to Reed. Reed. Yeah, Conway, Conway loses back to the puck. Carp. Yeah, Carp, Reed, huh. Carp, back to Reed, over to Conway, back to Fulton. Right. Fulton fires goes one. <laughs> All
1: right. So here's mine. <laughs> Least believable part is, is so these kids suck. Like, these kids are awful. They can barely skate. And you know what? That's fine. Like, they're peewees. It's not surprising. But Bombay basically decides that he likes them, embraces these kids and being their coach, and takes them to get the equipment. And slowly but surely, they don't just sort of improve. So, hey, they're better. That's great. They become, like, elite-level peewee players. Yes. So by, by the end
0: wait, – Wait for D2 and D3, by the way. By, yeah. by the end, <laughs> by the
1: end, they are a freaking machine. They are like Shattuck St. Mary's. They are <laughs> – I mean, the flying V works almost,
0: – Almost good enough to make up the entire U.S. national team in a sequel coming to oh, you soon. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Dude, yeah, but, it's unreal.
1: But, I mean, like, all of a sudden – and then and then there were confusing things about like who was doing what and like deck said the girl who's on the team and they set up the play where she's by the goal twirling but she's on figure skates which I don't even know if you can wear you, in you hockey can't. you can't okay so she's on those skates and by and and unless i missed it i saw her be recruited onto the team but i really didn't see her playing a role before she suddenly serves as a distraction But I just – the fact that these kids could barely stand up on skates and then get equipment and it somehow morphs them into the 1980 U.S. Olympic team to me, I I struggled with a little bit. I do think this, guys, this to me was written as originally the Bad News Bears for hockey and Disney said, oh, no, no, it's going to be happier than that Yeah, because like Gordon Bombay – and we'll t- talk about the acting ability of Estevez here. But Gordon Gordon Bombay shares a lot of the same issues as as Buttermaker did in Bad News Bears. But Matthau is a great actor. And Emilio Estevez, not so much. But I really think the characters were supposed to be sort of the same, crusty, sort of drunken, lives falling apart, kids help them. Uh, but they, it wasn't supposed to be probably as positive as what uh, Disney did to the
0: Mighty Ducks. I remember, it's funny, like watching this back last night. It's, it's been at least 10 years since I've seen this movie. And I remember in my head Emilio Estevez being a much better actor than he was in this movie. Just because of all the big movies he was in. I mean, not all of them. He was in a handful of big movies, I guess. Brat including Pack. The Breakfast Club. Yeah, The Brat Yeah, Pack. The, Brat, the Brat Pack movies. Yeah. Um, and he was just, uh, just a really bad actor in this movie, I guess. I don't think he could he carry also, a film. He couldn't carry a film, but I also don't think that he thought this was going to be a big movie. In fact, yeah. there are there are reports that say like he's kind of shocked at how much this defines his career. Yeah, and it really is. It's it's the defining. I think this defines his career more than Breakfast Club does. Um, all right, who are we, um, are we still on least believable thing? No, we, I think, I we, think, all we, think we, all, we all we all there. Okay, head. we're good. Okay, what um before we get to uh, some of the other categories here, I want to throw out a couple things at you guys quick. So NHL comparisons I want from you guys from Judd's Hockey Show oh, NHL comparisons for let's start with Adam Banks NHL comp for Adam. Well, Banks. he's
1: supposed to be Gretzky, right? Yeah, ninety nine because he wears yeah, the he jersey. Wears um, but he's not. He's not. He's you know what? He's, he's he, Dex. I think he's okay. He's good. I don't think he he's great. Mm. I mean, he's playing with kids who who three months before could barely stand up on skates. Is he Fiala? Um, no, I, I, no, you know what I think reality check, probably like Ryan Hartman, the reality check of Banks, it's probably he's Ryan Hartman. What? No, he's Ryan Hartman. That's an insult oh, to
3: Banks. What are you talking about? Overrated. Dude, Banks is a stud, man. No, he's Banks supposed to be, stud.
1: what I'm saying, overrated. He's the next one who's going to end up with a broken life, having drank too much, in community what? service. Is that Ryan Hartman? Why do you why do you, why do you think that? <laughs> because he's going to he's, he's not that good. He's not as good as he thinks he is.
0: Bank. I think mean, he's the best player Bank in the movie. Is the
3: best player in
1: the entire he's franchise. Supposed
0: he's supposed to be He's he's very I'm, clearly going to play in the NHL someday. Yeah. I am serving a reality check to say no, he's not. Okay. All right, NHL comp for Fulton Reed. Go ahead. Uh big defenseman
3: who's got a big slapper but doesn't really I can see some Bufflin in him. I can see some Bufflin in him. Like, you know, he, he's he's a big dude. He's got a big slap shot. Bufflin hasn't played in a couple of years for, for personal reasons, but I can see some Dustin Bufflin in his game. What do you think, Judd?
0: Who another defenseman that in? Dustin Bufflin with, like, was pretty
1: good. This guy has a good slap shot, but he, he really rack up some skate. penalty
0: minutes. He's, yeah. he's an enforcer who's got a little offense. Bugard. But Bugar didn't yeah. have a shot. Like, Bugar's one priority was to throw hands. But
1: this kid's a goon. I mean, he tossed a kid into the bench. He lifted him up and tossed him into the bench. Yeah. He's a
0: goon. What about Charlie, Charlie Conway? Zach Parise. I was going to say. Zach Parise, Zach, Parisi, right? Zach Not the most skilled, but he's right. gritty, Great leader. He good.
3: always chokes, right? Is that? I think that was that's, that's the line. Whoa! No, that's
1: that's the,
3: that's the line. I
1: that did Hughes not the conway, it,
3: Zach. That's the line. Was, That's the line. One of the kids uses the Conway at the first yeah, practice or But you just said game. it in
1: relation. You said Zach Parisi, and then he always chokes. Well, Whoa! I mean, you thought I was being mean to he, Ryan Hartman?
3: Where's the evidence? He went to the finals once, and wow. so has well, made it to the second round. I, only... I,
1: I did not see that
0: coming. Uh, By the way, Charlie Conway definitely didn't choke on that penalty shot. No, he didn't, though. He
1: made it like his coach didn't. Yeah, that's true. Have you worked Uh,
0: on your move? How about you finish what you started? One production note here. Jake Gyllenhaal turned down the role of Charlie Conway. (laughs) Emilio Estevez was cast in 1991 as the director was impressed by his performances in Brat uh, Brat Pack films, The Outsiders, The Breakfast Club, and St. Elmo's Fire from uh, the mid-1980s. I've got... got Two notes off of that right here, Phil
1: Mackey, because I was so intrigued by this film. Jake Gyllenhaal's parents stopped him from taking the role. His parents put their foot down and said, no, you're too young. And Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez's brother, was originally offered the Bombay role. Wow. According to the notes I've got here, he was offered the, the role for Gordon Bombay, but turned it down, and Emilio Estevez, his brother... Took the role later on.
0: Funny, I could totally see that. Like a so I'm could just, I. You know, envisioning his character in Major League, but as a hockey coach, mm-hmm. I could I could totally see that. One other note on this here: uh, just Gordon's relationship with Charlie's mom is super <laughs> weird. Like she hates him at the beginning, and then there's that whole scene where there. I think it's the Rice Park scene where she's fantasizing about living in an ice castle and that's my room up there yeah. and that's then I gave Charlie on. that room and then and then Gordon you know, Gordon's like oh which room can I have and all like a, a, listen, an easy transition of like the topic right well what room can I have and she stares at him like what why are you already thinking about our future together you can't just come into our lives and envision us living in this ice castle together what are you doing <laughs> she's very, very
1: jaded right. she's very jaded I feel like there there was a story arc for her that didn't get told, like about the ex. I'm good with that, by the <laughs> way. Yeah, by the way. I <laughs> oh, I am that. too. No, <laughs> I, I actually, my favorite part about the the relationships in this film was the fact that they didn't develop that one too much. I was really, because they could have done way more with it. I was so happy. There was no obligatory sex scene. There was none of that. I was very happy about that.
0: Actually, would this have been the weirdest if, – if they would have thrown in an obligatory sex scene between Gordon Bombay and Charlie's mom about two-thirds of the way through, would it have been the, mo- like the weirdest, most out-of-place – like just an un- – like a seven-minute, just uncomfortable – and then boom, they're back in the back of the room. Seven the minutes, Jesus! Yeah, what? <laughs> what? I mean, he he must be a
1: champion yeah, if it's seven him. minutes. <laughs> if if you can put, if you could give him seven minutes in, in a film, I know a I lot mean, of I know a lot listen, of people he, that he,
0: really look up to Emilio Estevez. He is Gordon Bombay. Game all of right. Thrones
3: doesn't even go seven minutes. I mean, that that, that, that that's vulgar. That's a lot.
1: Vulgar, um, I don't all right. vulgar.
0: The last couple categories here, boys. So we're gonna. So we've done. We've done the villain rankings in action movie rewind. We've done the relationship rankings in rom com rewind. We're gonna do the believability of the sports action alone yep. rankings here. All right. And so we're looking for a score one through ten, just the believability of the sports action alone as a category, one through ten, Judd. Well, if it was based on the Hawks uh, and their play. I would give it a nine because the Hawks looked very real.
1: But unfortunately, it's not the two side story here. I'm going to give it a three. It it gets a
0: three. That's actually pretty generous. There
1: was a figure. That's actually, pretty. Generous. There was a figure skater yeah. to the side. Well, but but keep in mind too. In the last two months, we have watched a film that had a Knicks Kings NBA Finals. Okay, it's true. That's true. So I've been with out Lawrence, on the li- with Lawrence Funderburg Funderburg in the last minute. Bobby Jackson. So I'm. I'll give it a three because. Some of it was, uh, the, the one thing that I thought was hilarious though was, was when Conway takes the penalty shot to win the entire thing and he doesn't wear his helmet. Like it's just off. Like it's like also, circa
3: 1971 the, the, National Hockey the League. The cockiness of Conway to do like four circles before he takes the puck. <laughs> a, like it's one thing. Like I could see an NHL player doing that, like just doing a couple circles, getting ready to go. But like, Charlie, this is a peewee game. Slow your jets, bro. Like, cool your jets a little, <laughs> little bit here, man. Like, you, you, you've
0: also used your helmet on.
3: I Hel- love that, though.
1: I love no, that. No, but it's
0: hilarious. It's purely yeah. hockey. They Like, you'd be tossed out for that. Uh, some great hockey. Charlie Conway with some great hockey here. Three, three for hockey. me. That's- yeah,
3: the believability. Yeah, I think, honestly, I'm, I'm going to cop out and say three as well. I mean, also, Goldberg. And, and if we do number two, we will find why Goldberg's even a more flawed goalie and why the belief in Goldberg is just not. So he doesn't move to Philadelphia? He like doesn't. What? Spoiler what? alert, he doesn't. Why did they put
1: that line in the movie then? Like, you didn't even and need that line. And let's just say another
3: goaltender gives, gives him a run for his money and is clearly the better netminder uh, going, shows going up, huh? forward. Yeah, seriously. Like, he is Janicek. Like, yeah, yeah, Janicek won you a national championship. Like, we're not playing yeah. for a national championship here. Craig. Oh, that's a great um, I love that line. But at the same time, yeah, like, there's roller skating. He basically takes this band of misfits. And and also, <laughs> the, the, the scene where he first meets the team, I don't think that's a pond. Like, it looks like uh, like everyone's like, oh, you can't go on the ice. That's the ice. It's like, is that like a – that looks like a field that you just flooded. What not, park I is that? It is. I don't, a Pearl. I think it's Pearl Park in Minneapolis. I think is, it's Pearl Park. Is there a pond there or no? Um, I know there's a bunch of baseball fields there. I've never no, seen an ice. No, but you look- – Oh, yes. Yes, there is. There is. That's where Hockey Day uh, – well, I don't know if it's the exact site where Hockey Day was in Minneapolis in 2020, but – Oh, I, th- I thought that was a parade. I think it's – well, that is Parade. Yes, that that hockey day was Parade. Okay. But I think we're there. I think that's Pearl because it's the skyline view. I mean, yeah, I think that's Pearl Park. Dumb I had, question like, baseball games Where, there.
0: Where's Pearl Park? Uh,
3: right off 394 and Penn. So you turn right. I try every day. Yeah, you literally, it's the first exit <laughs> off Penn, off 394, <laughs> try, you tight. turn right. It's a bunch of It's a of very nice fields. area. There's
0: some nice houses yeah, over there. Really nice great place. baseball fields, Uh yeah. But it's, it's a so three. You, you, you should get out and explore Minneapolis once Seriously, in a while. Seriously, guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I drive by that park on a daily basis. It's a
0: three. It's such so a, a three for you guys. It's a two for me. I mean, my God! Yeah. Like there is the only realistic thing in this movie was uh, was Adam Banks just being a really good kid hockey. Player. The Hawks so, are
1: realistic. They're really
0: good. Yeah, I mean, that's like their goaltender
1: looks the part.
0: Yeah. So, it, but it's a it's a two for me, and that that makes it a two point seven. When you take the three scores into consideration, so two point seven out of ten on believability of sports action. Okay. okay, now we're just now it's just the movie rate rated by entertainment value one through ten. Judd, uh,
1: I'm going to give it a six. Okay, it's eh. a six. It was fine. It, it was. Um, if it had, if it hadn't been a Disney production, I actually think it's higher because it, you know, the Bombay character then probably is a little bit more. Real and and jaded, which I would have liked personally, <laughs> but I'll but I'll go six. I, I I enjoyed it. I'm not sorry I didn't
3: watch it for thirty years. Okay, okay. Dex. Uh, again, I I think the Minnesotans love 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 this. This is a gospel to them. Seriously, this movie really? is gospel to them. They uh, hockey sure. fans especially. I shouldn't say all Minnesotans, but hockey fans. This is gospel to them. And and bunch of kids my age because this came out in ninety two. I was born in ninety two. If you're from that era, you're a 90s baby, like, this is one of the like, the iconic sports movies. That being said, it's a very flawed film, dude. It is it is not that great of a movie. So I'm, I'm still going to give this a 7, which is generous, in my opinion. It's generous for how much I'm talking smack about it, but it's fine, and I like to rewatch the gangster. it reminds you of being a kid, and it's Minnesota, so if I wasn't from Minnesota, it's probably lower. Honestly, it probably is, but it's a 7. It's not a great movie. It's good. I'm glad I watched it again for the first
0: time in a while, but it's a 7. So it, I think being from Minnesota and just the it, it's a Minnesota movie. I mean, there's a, there's a few of these, and we'll, we'll I'll, I'll get to a list of options for the next one, which also includes a Minnesota movie. But um, it's an eight for me. I think what? like obviously oh. I, the, the believability is very low, but it's <laughs> if you can just put aside the believability of the sports for a second, it's it's entertaining from uh, it's entertaining from two perspectives. It's sort of just a popcorn, candy, yeah. predictable sports movie. Um, but it's also entertaining because there's so many unintentional laughs and bad acting. And so it's it's one of those movies that I just love to watch whenever it happens to be on. So it's an 8 for me, which makes it a 7 average score between the three of us for the Mighty Ducks. Boys, I think we should do another sports movie next week. I think we should go on a little, little run of sports movies here and give the give the people what they want. And because it's baseball season... I have three baseball sports movies from a similar era, like late 80s to the mid-90s. I want to throw For these three out. The love of the game is somewhere. out. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing That's, do- late, I'm that's not. late 90s. Okay. We'll get to that at some point. No. We will do that one at some point. It's just awful. Okay. He flirts with a perfect game. The, no, the, the mechanism. So I want to throw these three out, and right. then we can discuss and maybe pick one at random, okay? So the original Major League from
2: 1989.
0: Okay. Sandlot. And then Minnesota-based Little Big League <laughs> from 1994. Ooh,
3: I like all these movies. I'm co- I, honestly I'm cool with any well, of these. Sandlot's three. a Sandlot's a classic. classic.
1: I almost um, feel like so, we should do. So-
0: yeah, because I, I think I we, would praise if, Sandlot. I, I I think it's fa- great. Then I think the best one for the purposes little of this Big is gonna is Little is going to be Little Big League. Yeah, yeah. May as well keep going. I there. don't. I
1: right. have only seen parts of this film. I have again wow. never wow. seen the
3: whole. A thing. Young Valley Fair. Valley Fair, Big Valley Fair uh, part in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, pre, wild, pre- wild, thing. I think Valley Fair. Oh, even. like that's no. how it's oh. like when it was like one of the first year Valley Fair is I think.
0: Yeah. Yep, this yeah. is early Valley Fair. All mm-hmm. right, so we're doing Little Big League next week for Minnesota or for sports movie rewind. It really is Minnesota sports movie rewind because little be uh, back to back Minnesota. Let's just do all, all films right. from here. There's a ton oh, of films. all, all Minnesota films. Yes. Yes. Yeah, what's uh, "Jingle All the Way"? Wasn't that shot here yeah, too?
3: Yeah, that was shot up. We almost did that. Um, another. Yeah, yeah what last. was the
1: Christian Slater one? Baboon Heart or something? Hmm. Do, you, do you guys recall I that one? No, I'm
0: thinking.
1: Was right after he. I think it was right after he did Heather's, which is an absolute classic film. I think. <laughs> And he shot a film here. I, I think we had, I think the state had better tax breaks in the 90s for film.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, have. I'm dead serious. I, I think it did
0: too.
1: I'm not joking. No, I think we right. had tax breaks here that might have gone away. Let's get them back. Well, I love
0: Hollywood. Well, there it is. That's Judd's first ever viewing of The that Mighty was, Ducks. I'm glad we'll I saw put, it. We'll, we'll put D2 on the list at some point. Oh, wait 30 I years. That, that one might even have more fodder for us, D2. How bad is but, it? Uh, it, it it's, it's, it's flawed. It's flawed. It's flawed. I love
1: how Declan now has to pick apart things from his childhood yeah. and just admit that they were probably crap. Oh, and it's awful, it's dude. painful because he can't help himself. He has to do it. But he just, like, covers his eyes and says stuff like,
3: it was flawed. Oh, God. Julie the cat. Yeah. All right, We, got, like, we got we, we got to run we That's go. a wrap on uh,
0: Mackie and Judd for today Don't forget to uh, check out our YouTube channel Score North MN and Purple Daily Podcast For daily Vikings conversations We'll see you guys later This holiday whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey For 40
3: or a Murray's Baked Brie For 2 Baker's has fast fresh delivery and free
0: pickup So you can make holiday meals That bring you all together to create memories That last Baker's fresh for everyone
3: Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions
4: may apply.
0: Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just
3: buy 5 or more participating items and save $1 each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.